Hello and welcome back to another episode. This episode is even more special. One, because we have a special guest, Rhea, but also because this is our first guest after our name change. So welcome to the official Doom to Bloom podcast. Hi, Rhea. Hi, Jacqueline. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm well, thanks. Thank you for being a guest and thank you for being the first guest post-name change. I am excited. <laughs> I'm very excited to hear kind of your experience and your your reality. So if yeah. you're ready to jump in, I'm ready to jump in with you. I'm ready. Let's do this. Um, okay, so I'll just, I'll go. So I, uh, I lost my brother um, back in July of 2016 due to complications of a workplace accident. He was not even 30 at the time. And it was, honestly, it was a bit of a drawn out process. He didn't pass at the time of the accident. It was more of a steady decline after the accident. And no one anticipated it would actually end in him passing. But uh, that, was, that was our case and it really shook me, it shook my family to the core. I uh, was six months postpartum, actually. I had my son in January and then my brother passed in in July. So lots of um, lots of emotions that went on during that time. And what I really found was challenging was showing up for my family still as a mom when I lost my only sibling. And at the time as well, actually, my parents weren't even living with, in Ontario, where we are. And um, they were living in Hawaii at the time. So it, it was a lot. It was a lot to handle and to work through. And truly, I think there's still days that I am working through it, even though we are coming up to, oh my goodness, how long has it been? Seven years this July since we lost them. Can we kind of take a couple steps back and talk about first my sincerest apologies for the loss of your brother? Thank you. And kind of work from the beginning, I guess, as weird as that sounds, yeah. like how no, you slowly started to work through that grief and that loss and the aftermath. Yeah. Maybe the first couple weeks or couple months leading up to, you know, the year anniversary and then kind of now. Is there, yeah. is it comparable or is it totally different now for you? Uh, I would say it's, it's, it's different. It's different in the sense that obviously when someone first passes, you have a bit of shock that takes place and there's a lot. And I've never realized this because I've never been directly involved in something like this. So when my brother passed, there's a lot that goes into, you know, planning a funeral, <laughs> you know, all that stuff that goes along with it. And you're almost in autopilot and without being allowed to truly feel your feelings. So after the funeral had actually taken place and you get back, I was still on maternity leave. So I'm very thankful I was on maternity leave actually when that happened, because I couldn't have imagined trying to go back to work after that. But I would say that it's the waves of grief and sadness and loss were a lot more frequent, obviously at the beginning. And as you come up to the one year anniversary of everything, that first anniversary is hard on 
for every single thing that comes up, every holiday, every anniversary, every birthday. Like he was supposed to have his second wedding anniversary in August and they didn't even make it to their second wedding anniversary um, before he passed. So everything that is a first was incredibly challenging and it was something that we tried to commemorate together as a family as much as we could without my parents actually being here but we we tried to do that in memory of him and then as time goes on we still celebrate you know certain anniversaries because you know although he was young when he passed we he he had a really great life when he when he was with here here with us and we try to celebrate those moments and those memories but i feel like certain things now um trigger trigger me out of nowhere (laughs) out of nowhere so um things like my kids and their hockey for example my brother grew up playing hockey we were a huge hockey family and he never got the experience to watch them play or to to be a part of that he was very heavily involved with coaching after he was done playing my brother was so you know he doesn't he's not going to get that experience with them and that's something that i grieve to this day because my kids are just starting their their hockey journeys and and there's just it's triggers and it's waves and all of a sudden you just feel really quiet and you cry and it's okay to cry no matter what it's always okay to cry and let those feelings out and feel your feelings and then move on. Now, I'll be honest, Jacqueline, I was the type of person who likes to distract myself by being busy so that I don't have to feel feelings. I'm right there with you. <laughs> right? It's so easy to do. You just keep busy and then you don't have to feel anything. And it's this distraction method. I think it's also like kind of almost forced upon us from society that it's like mental health yes. is this big bad monster and grief goes with it and you're not allowed to not that you're not allowed I guess that it's kind of frowned upon talking about and expressing feelings so I feel like that's kind of where yes I learned some of that too right absolutely absolutely and I think that making sure that you make time for yourselves around certain anniversaries that you know could be a trigger it's helpful in the grieving process. And do you still do that thing. even now, almost seven years later? I'm getting better at it. Yeah. <laughs> I'll be honest, I still don't do it all the time. Um, but we are getting better at it. So now it's about making a conscious effort. So we do a golf tournament in memory of my brother every year to raise funds for families to afford hockey because hockey is expensive and hockey is a big thing in our family. And he, my brother was a firm believer that every child should have the opportunity to play the sport that he loves so much at the level they deserve at, not what their family's financial situation can, can manage. So the funds that we raise from that tournament go towards families who require some assistance for their kids to play at a competitive level. But we used to plan that tournament around the time of the anniversary of when he passed, like either on it or just after it. Or we would do it later in the summer so that we were in planning mode of the golf tournament during that time. So this year, I've made the conscious effort to actually make the tournament before the anniversary so that I can actually, you know, grieve and feel the feelings and have it be okay and not be forced into distraction mode. 
So I feel like that was a big growth moment for me this year, <laughs> making sure I, I did that for myself. Yay. We love the growth yeah. moments. <laughs> 100%. And you know what? It took me seven years to figure out that I needed that, but that's okay. That's and, okay. And I think it's too, like, that's super important too, to note that like my grief journey for any loss that I've experienced is totally different than your grief journey. Yes. Like despite them being different relationships and different individuals, it's I think it's still important to note that grief is different for everybody and what somebody needs Absolutely. to support themselves or their loved ones through grief Absolutely. is different yeah, and for everybody, right? Oh, 100%. And like being in like, so me being in the situation of, of having my adult sibling pass is a different grief experience than my parents losing their adult child or then my my sister-in-law losing her husband, right? So it's, we all kind of grieved in our own ways. And although perhaps in all honesty, there was times where I was like, you can get a little judgy at times with how people grieve, it, it can happen. But um, I think just the realization that you're allowed to grieve however you feel like you need to grieve was something that I am really happy that I kind of took upon myself to be open to that very early on in the grief stage. Um, and so like, wouldn't judge anyone on how they grieve because I was like, I'm not in your position. And I hope to never be in that position of losing a child or losing a husband. So I, uh, you know, I, I'm not in your position. I can't, there's no right or wrong. You're grieving how you feel like you need to grieve and that's okay. I feel like it's super important that we say that because from my grief journey, my one of my very very close friends passed away um in 2012 and i'm still just figuring out that part of what we just said and it's been let me do a little math here quick like 11 years (laughs) yeah it's like no matter i feel like no matter how much time goes by it's still you're still learning like how do i grieve how should i grieve is this right is this wrong but there is no right or wrong and so like not 11 years later, I finally know that too. So I'm right on board with you there. (laughs) Yeah. And honestly, I feel like everyone's situation is so different during that time of loss, right? Like what are the odds that everyone is in the exact same position as I am when they've lost someone? Like what are the odds someone lost their brother being six months postpartum and their parents in Hawaii, living in Hawaii? Like what are the odds, right? So I would never judge anyone on their grief because their experience during that time of loss would, I can almost confidently say, would always be different than mine. I feel like you could probably say confidently would be different. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You just never know though, so. (laughs) Very true. I guess the universe works in weird, mysterious ways. It's true. It's true. You also mentioned that you were six months postpartum. Do you think, I mean, I guess this is more hypothetical maybe. Do you think Mm -hmm. your grief journey and the effects of the loss were different because you were also postpartum? Or do you think it would have been the same? I, I personally have never experienced pregnancy or postpartum. But I hear all kinds of stories about like hormones and just your body being all over the place. 
uh, generally totally postpartum. Is. So yeah. like, do true. you do you think you maybe would have grieved differently or the aftermath might have been a little different for you had you not been postpartum? That is a great question. And that, that's, it's a hard one to answer because I don't know, right? Like I don't, postpartum is different for everyone too, right? Like I, we're, I'm going to go off topic here, but talking about mental, mental wellness and mental health, I had postpartum depression with my daughter. Mm-hmm. Um, she was my first child, whereas my son, who was the six months postpartum when my brother died, um, is I had a great postpartum experience with my son. So, you know, I think that being my second child, unfortunately, also offered the distraction that I needed, mm-hmm. right? To be to have to take care of him when he's only six months old. Um, but hormone wise, I don't know if it would have changed because I think I was just I, I just withdrew. In all honesty, I withdrew and just was a crutch on just focusing on the kids. That was my crutch. And, you know, if it was, for example, it was my children were this age and a little bit more self-sufficient. I think that I could have been more present with my husband and with the rest of my family to support in the grief process we all had instead of withdrawing in myself. Mm-hmm. If I wasn't so, my kids weren't so young at the time. And did you have, like, I, I know there's no real kind of grieving process for families or like groups. Mm-hmm. Was there anything that helped you family-wise or group-wise yeah, so that was one of the one things I honestly found to be a struggle, Jacqueline, was I knew I needed help um, to talk about the grief and the feelings I was going through because as an older sibling, you know, I got to experience a lot of things that my brother never got to, like having kids, like my 30th birthday, right? Like those types of things, he never got that. Mm-hmm. And I felt a lot of guilt about it. I was also angry with him that he left me here mm-hmm. <laughs> because um, now I'm the only child, really, right? So, like, a lot of stuff falls on me now instead of having him as a partner um, with family things. So, I was angry with him about that, too. And I just had to work through my feelings. And I know I needed to talk to someone, and I needed a group. I wanted a group of people who had, as an, had lost another adult sibling that could share our experiences with and there that did not exist i don't know if it does now but it didn't back then when i was looking there's a lot of support groups for young kids who have lost a sibling there's a lot of support groups for parents who have lost a child but there's nothing for adult siblings and i found that really hard did you ever consider maybe this is kind of a big big goal but did you ever consider maybe being that person that started that support group knowing what you needed at the time and knowing that it wasn't available at least in your area you know what that's actually a and i didn't think of it until you just mentioned it but it's probably a great idea a great idea now obviously at the time i was in no headspace to be able to do something like that but now knowing the need for it um i think that's a great idea Thank you. Do you think that would like, I know you said that you do the golf tournament and raise those yes. funds, but maybe this 
this idea that's coming to light now could maybe be like another celebration type yeah. um, of his life and just sharing all of that with everybody that actually mm-hmm. understands, I guess, the loss of an adult sibling and a sibling like just in general. Yeah. I, I don't know. I think it'd be really cool to see that kind of come to life, but absolutely it would. I also acknowledge that's a really big goal. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it, there's a need for it, right? There really, really is. And um, I think as an adult who loses another adult sibling, there's many things that you grieve outside of the actual physical loss of the person. And I, th- there's just not enough resources out there there's not enough resources out there in general for mental health at the moment let alone this specific group of people who require this support right very true very true did you just when you noted that there's a lack of resources in general did you Mm -hmm. ever end up reaching out to any more professional type supports or did you just kind of lean on family and your husband and the destruction of your kids growing up when it initially um, happened? So I would say it probably took me six, six months longer. I would say maybe, oh gosh, it might've taken longer than that. Might've been almost a year before I had actually was like, okay, there's no group support out there. I'm going to reach out to like a psychologist. And I was able to um, have some appointments with a psychologist to help with grief. It actually helped with um, many things outside of the grief. Um, even just relationships, because I had withdrawn from a lot of relationships around me, just because Mm -hmm. that's what I was distraction and I was withdrawing and it was affecting my relationships with other people, including my husband. And, you know, going to the psychologist was really, really helpful in working through not only the grief, but, you know, rebuilding relationships that I had withdrawn from. I think it's super important to, I mean, obviously that's kind of the the goal of this podcast is to just raise awareness, but I think it's really important to normalize like going to professionals and getting support. I think professional supports in any realm for mental health is helpful, but it's so different than just getting, you know, one-on-one conversations with family or friends. It's so different. I think it just needs to be normalized more. A hundred percent. And like with something as specific as grief, you know, for me to, I felt guilty talking to my family, like my parents about it because I knew they were grieving their son. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and not that any grief is worse than the other by any means, um, because grief is grief, but you know, I felt like I didn't want to burden them with my grief because they were working through their own too. So that's where I thought having a support group of people who, you know, weren't grieving that same person would have been helpful. So again, we can stay tuned for the support group to come out. (laughs) Keep your eye out. (laughs) I got a new project. (laughs) Um, In terms of kind of the the present, the now, I know you had mentioned that your daughter was quite young when your brother had passed and then your son was super young. Do you still incorporate your brother into, I guess, daily life with your kids? Yeah, absolutely. So my daughter remembers, um, my daughter remembers him. And I mean, we have a picture of him, 
in the house. Uh, actually, we have a couple pictures of him in the house, but one is of him um, skating with her for the first time she was on the ice. He took her skating the first time. So we have that that picture up. And um, yeah, we she remembers him. She remembers playing Lego with him. That was their thing, Lego and Play-Doh. So she remembers that. But um, we talk about him all the time. Again, we're a big hockey family, Jacqueline. So it's, um, it's a lot about Uncle Mike. You know, Uncle Mike would have loved the way you did that. Or Uncle Mike would have, you know, Uncle Mike is there helping you in your tryouts. You know, those kinds of things that we talk about as presence a lot. Uh, and you know what? I don't, I believe in whatever kids, you know, believe in. But my son, who again was only six months old at the time that my brother passed, says that he talks with them. And I believe it. I believe it. So they have their own little special relationship. Well, I had actually asked my brother to be his godfather right before he had passed. I didn't know he was going to pass. I had asked him about two weeks before he had passed to be my son's godfather. Yeah. Wow. So they have a special bond. (laughs) (laughs) Do you think, like, for your daughter, I guess, do you think she Mm -hmm. grieved? Or was she kind of too young at the time to... Understand I think she was it. too young. I think she was too young, and in all honesty, I'm grateful <laughs> for that. Only because she, even now, though, will say, "Oh, I wish Uncle Mike was able to come to that tournament, you know, or or watch me." And you know, I remind her he is. We just can't see him, but he's watching you. And she she misses that. But I think if she was older, that it would have been much harder for her to work through. And because I think at gro- her growing up was essentially me working through my grief, right? So she mm-hmm. had to grow up with that. And, and again, watching my parents with that grief and whatnot. So I, I can see signs in her of her own mental health that we need to watch. And, you know, we're doing what we can on our end for that. Again, there's not a lot of resources for kids or there is a lot, but they're maxed out for kids for mental health. Um, but I think if she had experienced that at this age, that would have been very, very hard for her. And how old is she now, if you don't mind me asking? Yeah, she's almost 10. She turns 10 in August. Ooh, you're getting to the exciting, uh, preteen age soon. <laughs> oh, let me tell you, like, I'm scared because on right now she's 10 going on 14. So <laughs> it's going to be fun. <laughs> Wait till she is like. 11 going on 18. <laughs> oh, let's not talk about it yet. <laughs> Is there any other, I guess, strategies or thoughts for anybody listening that might be beneficial for their grief journey? And again, I want to reiterate that it's important to note that grief for everybody is different and coping is different for everybody but do you have any words of wisdom I guess we'll say (laughs) or or words of encouragement or anything of that nature yeah yeah I you know anyone who especially if it's a new a new loss um in early stages of grief it's okay to go through the stages of grief you know I highly recommend you people familiarize themselves with the stages of grief because they're legit and they happen and it's okay to go through those. I would say it's important to talk to someone, even if it's not a group situation, but you know, soon 
and talk to <laughs> someone. It. Talk to someone. It is important. Let people know it's okay to talk about the person that you've lost to. Yeah. Because some people don't know how to act, how to how to engage, right? Yes. But if you're yes. comfortable with it, make sure you let people know that it's okay to talk about them and that you want right. to celebrate them. And there comes a time where you do celebrate their life um, instead of just grieving their loss. I think I'm going to stop you right there because I think that's yeah. also like another like mic drop moment if that's still a thing. <sighs> like I, like I said, my friend that had passed is going on 11 years and I, yeah. I try to talk about her in like happy moments or be like, oh, she would have loved that. And I still to this day have a lot of family and friends that kind of knew her or did know her mm -hmm. and they for whatever reason don't think it's okay to talk about her they just like mm. I say oh she would have loved that and they're like yeah yeah okay and it's almost like they feel maybe awkward yeah. or uncomfortable or like they don't know how I'm gonna react kind of thing so I love yeah. that you said that yeah it's okay it's a way to it, it makes me feel good because then it's like oh you've remembered him too that makes me feel good you know it's a great thing. I think we just need to like sit in that. <laughs> it's it's so important because I know a lot yeah. of people and maybe I mean everybody's coping habits and coping mechanisms mm -hmm. are super different too. Absolutely. But I think it also speaks to a more positive coping mechanism that talking about them will allow the grief to kind of ebb and flow and also yes some of the closure and stuff I think absolutely yeah I think it's important what you just said super super important oh, thank you yeah no it means the world to me when people talk about my brother I, I love it I love it so I also think it's okay for anyone to use whatever kind of you know, support they need to get through their, their grief in, in a healthy way, right? Talking to someone. Um, I felt like taking care of myself and my health as I worked through grief, right? We're talking like years, probably like three to four and, and on at this point. But, you know, I felt like taking care of myself was super important because I'm gifted this life because every day is a gift, truly. Everything can change tomorrow. And so to take care of my health now like I owe it to him to take care of myself so that I can show up for everyone around me and that's given me a purpose so make sure to take care of yourself and in, in, in any healthy way that that is how do you take care of yourself how do you show up for yourself uh well I work out <laughs> like every day move but physical activity has always been a big thing for me um, so again, we were a pretty active family. So I work out every single morning, Monday to Friday. That is my guaranteed me time. So if I do nothing else for me that entire day because of work and the kids and all the things, I know I have that half hour for myself every single morning. And that, um, there's endorphins that come out of those workouts, right? Like you, you just feel awesome afterwards. I, I do take some, you know, natural supplements to help support my body as well. Um, 
I will say, and it's okay for people to be on pharmaceuticals for mental health. And it's not something, a route that I went, but I didn't need it either. I, I did, went a different route, but I mean, for people who need it, that's okay too. Again, there's no judgment, right? You do whatever you feel like your body needs. And I guess to play devil's advocate to you, what if they don't mm. necessarily know what they need? Yeah, and well, and that's where, that yeah, that's a good question. Um, that's where I think knowing your options is important. Um, I think yeah. people are a lot more aware nowadays about um, medications and the natural options. There's a big push that happened with all, all these natural things that happened with COVID, right? So I think people are more aware of those mm -hmm. options now and seeing how taxed our healthcare system is at the moment too, that um, people are trying different things and truly when it comes to either ph pharmaceuticals take trial and error too, right? Um, some work for some people and sometimes it doesn't, so they have to try something else, but, and that's working with your doctor on that. And when it comes to like other natural options that people choose, again, it, it is the same type of idea. It's trial and error. You've got to see what makes you feel good. So it, it's, um, just know your options. That's the biggest thing. Know that you have options is the, the biggest thing, I guess. And like we said, if you don't have options, you create them. <laughs> right? Totally. Absolutely. Because there is no right or wrong with grief. You do whatever you need to do to take care of yourself. Um, because really it is, it is just trying to get through day by day at the beginning, but knowing that you still need to show up and, and live the life that you are gifted. Because it's a gift. I think, I mean, it, it almost makes you sound kind of like a professional, <laughs> if oh, you will, about I grief. wish. <laughs> I mean, you never know what could happen True. next year. It, you could be. You could we'll be see. a support group facilitator. <laughs> Who knows? Hey, but, you know what? You have sparked an idea, so. <laughs> I... I would love to see you run with that idea, but obviously there's um, a lot of stuff, I guess, yeah. to go into that. So <laughs> totally, I'll watch from behind the scenes while all of that stuff happens. <laughs> <laughs> Stay tuned. Stay tuned. <laughs> but I, I really appreciate the conversation, Ria, and I really love all of the advice and words of wisdom and encouragement that you gave to both me and the listeners, I think a lot of what you had said would be stuff that I either wish I knew back when my grief journey was starting or wish that I kind of enforced and practiced. So I think it's important that, I mean, we never know where anybody's at in their life, right? Like somebody tomorrow yeah. listening to this or three months down the yeah. road listening to this might experience grief. Yeah. Maybe not for the first time or maybe the first time, but it could be yeah. a totally different world of grief. And I think yeah. just kind of putting these words of wisdom out into the universe is super helpful for anybody that has experienced grief or will, because unfortunately that's a guarantee. Yeah. Yep. Um, yep. Really unfortunately, but... <laughs> mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. Makes yeah, you appreciate so really... every day, though. Every moment, count your blessings. Every day is a gift. <laughs> 
It's very true. And and like you said, it kind of gives a purpose, right? You 100%. You want to do the things that maybe that person couldn't do or yep. wanted to do and maybe couldn't get that far or whatever that looks like, right? So I Absolutely. think it was also really neat and interesting that you, you framed it in a mindset of purpose. Because I, yeah. again, I've never heard of that. And I think potentially, I, I will never know, I guess, but when I started my journey, maybe that would have shaped my grief journey totally different compared mm-hmm. to how it was. So yeah, I just, I really appreciate yep. all of the, the, the words of wisdom and hearing about your brother, Mike, and just all of, all of your words. I think they were very special and I really appreciate Thank you being you. a guest today. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thank you. <laughs> and did you want to touch on the, the day of mourning? Yeah, so funny enough that we are recording this on April 27th with tomorrow, April 28th, or whatever day this will be shared, but April 28th is the um, WSIB, so Workplace Safety and Insurance Board, day of mourning for those who have lost their lives or suffered illness due to any workplace accidents. And um, I think it's, it's important to know that any workplace can have its dangers no matter how safe you are. And it's, it's a day to recognize that people do lose their lives, you know, from, from the work that they do. Amazing. I honestly, up until, I wanna say maybe a couple of years ago, I honestly didn't know that that was actually a day. I, yeah, it's, it's not talked about enough. And it's not. So again, I think, having this conversation now to the wider world about mental health and grief in general, I think having the conversation that a specific day to recognize this is super important, especially for those that might not know it's actually a thing (laughs) like me. Yes, absolutely. Yes. (laughs) Well, I think we will wrap up there, Ria. I just wanted to thank you again for being a guest and for talking about your brother and sharing like I said, all the words of wisdom. And for everybody listening, I hope this episode was helpful. And I hope Rhea gave you lots of insight and just words of wisdom and encouragement and to just know that you're not alone and however you're grieving is totally okay. And it will continue to ebb and flow seven years down the road, 10 years down the road, and 15 years down the road. There's no, I I, I don't think there's an end to it unfortunately there's but there's not there's also a no. silver lining in yes you know not having an end but yeah we will also reawait and see what projects you come up with for <laughs> support groups yes but, i do like to keep busy so <laughs> <laughs> there you go but until next time i am sending you lots of love and lots of light both to you ria and to everybody listening